Hello, and welcome to Rewoke, Rewriting Our Kids Education Podcast. My name is Michelle Person, and I welcome you on our journey of rethinking, reexamining, and reeducating ourselves and our children. On today's episode, we will be exploring art class and how small changes in classroom structure can result in an engaged art student that is empowered to create independently. Our guest today is a master art teacher that has been molding young minds for almost three decades, Miss Sally Hopkins. American film director Tim Burton, known for his fantasy and horror films, once said, don't worry about the way you should draw it. Just draw it the way you see it. That idea of creative freedom is what the students in Sally's classes seem to embody, and it's an amazing thing to watch. And oh yeah, are you woke? As a people, we love art. We love music, performing, and creating. We communicate through art. We thrive in art. Art is a wonderful way of preserving or strengthening a strong sense of community, forging a personal identity, and showing your creativity. Art has multiple opportunities for learning, entertainment, leisure, personal growth, and improving communications with others. So how unfortunate is it that in most schools, art and art education are the first classes to be cut when trimming the budget? The classes that remain are often dull, and the focus tends to be learning the masters, which doesn't leave a lot of space for exploring artists, imagery, or pieces that are relevant to the experiences of our children. Students tune out, and a powerful tool for enriching academic achievement is lost. Even more tragically is when art class is actually still an option, but because of the abysmal instructional practices, students give up on exploring all the wonderful benefits that come with art and all its opportunities. If your school is lucky enough to still have an intact art program, it is our job to make sure that that program is robust and that the instruction provided supports and encourages curiosity and creativity at every turn. Our guest today has been working hard to foster these feelings for the last 28 years, and she stopped by to talk to us about the simple and small things that can be done to get the most out of your child's art education. Sally Hopkins, thank you so much for joining us today to talk about art education and being woke about art education. Before we dive into what woke art education looks like, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? I certainly can. And thank you for having me. It is a pleasure to be here with you. Thank you. So a little bit about me. I've been teaching art in Cleveland my whole career. Mm -hmm. uh, this is going to be my 28th year of teaching art. Mm -hmm. And I was at Case Elementary School, which is no longer there, mm -hmm. um, for 21 years. Mm -hmm. And then I made a move to Memorial School which is on the east side, and I've been there for the past, I believe this is going to be six, 
seven years. And the age range has been preschool through eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And I, I love it. I, 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 I can love tell you, everyone. You, you, and so we were talking before we started recording, and I told you that I've done. I've been in a lot of different schools in a lot of different cities. Um, and people know that I've done. I've done high performing urban. I've done low performing. I've done um, suburban. Um, I've done lots of different school types, and it was not until I saw you in action as an art teacher that I got a sense of what art class could look like um, in, 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 for our kids where they would be in, engaged and they would, they would actually be, there's a joy um, in your classroom when your kids are working on a project that I had never seen before in traditional art class, sometimes in drama, sometimes in music, you know, but never in traditional, you know, pen paper art class. And so um, I, when I was planning out my episodes and I was like, I know the first person in the arts that I want to talk to. It has to be Hopkins. Um, so what does good art instruction look like over the years? What have you found that is what keeps that, um, that, that enjoyment that I observe so often when kids would come into your classroom? What does that look like? How do you cultivate that? Well, one, thank you so much. That <laughs> is a huge compliment. And I take that to heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that first and foremost, you, you got to really love what you do and love who you teach. Yeah. You can't fake that. Mm -hmm. And the kids know when you genuinely care about them and hear them mm -hmm. and consider them. Mm -hmm. So they just want to be heard. I mean, that's been the true since day one. Sure, behaviors have changed and, you know, over the years, technology plays a role in, in behaviors that I, I think. But I think in an art room, one, to start, you need to be organized. Everything needs to have a space and things should be labeled, easily accessible. And the kids, you can't just assume they know how to use everything. So basic things need to be taught. Processes need to be taught and explained. And then from there, once you have your room set up, you establish your rules. You establish your procedures. Have the kids involved. Okay, guys, what's, what do you think rules should be for this room? How do you feel about this? What do you think should happen if you don't do these things? What do you think should happen if we do these things well? Mm -hmm. Get their input. And once they really understand that, then you go into presenting your lessons. Mm -hmm. So lessons should be something that the kids relate to. And you can pretty much take anything and somehow relate it to the kids. Mm -hmm. So many artists have had struggles. So many artists have had real like emotional issues and they used art to help just cope with life. Mm -hmm. And so who couldn't relate to that? Mm -hmm. And another thing that I try to keep in mind is that all art isn't all good art. Isn't white European art. There can be amazing art in all cultures in all people, in all artists. 
So when we hear about the traditional masters, mm -hmm. yes, there are art masters, but they're not all from Europe. I love and that. And so I think when we celebrate differences and celebrate cultures and the beauty in everyone, that's where we can really get some interest. So what I heard was really four things. One, make sure your kids know that you love them and you want to be there. Yes. Two, make sure that you're organized because things can get really crazy really fast in an art room if you're not organized. Three, make sure that you are bringing in um, real life experiences and relating it to art for them. And four, making sure that the art you're showing them, they can relate to because it's from people or it has been created by people who look like them. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, we could, you could incorporate art that people who don't look like them have made, right. but related to them in a way they can understand it, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, when I talk about Pablo Picasso, mm -hmm. and I talk about how he struggled in school, and he was always put out of the classroom because he was be a behavior problem. Mm -hmm. and Art was his therapy. So some kids are like, oh, okay, I, I can I can relate to that, I, you know. And so by doing those things and presenting art, not just here's a color sheet, presenting it through PowerPoints, through visuals, through videos, add some music, play some games, make it interesting for them. Then they'll be engaged and they'll be interested. So that actually goes right into our very, my next question, which is what are the top, because so often, um, and I've, again, worked with many art teachers, art was, here's a sheet, um, you know, here, here are the instructions, do it just like that. Um, and that doesn't work. People, art becomes boring. You find behavior problems. The kids get kicked out. They're not getting anything out of it. So um, what are the top three, I guess, strategies or, or tips that you have? For primarily people who work with diverse populations, um, black and brown learners, for engaging students in art. Like, what should they be doing to engage students in art? And clearly, it's not here's a piece of paper and here's a crayon and color this picture. Right. So, I think one of the biggest things is to celebrate what they do in their own way. Mm -hmm. And I try to reinforce your. If, if we're working on a specific project, what they're doing does not have to be identical to what the examples are. Okay. We're all unique and we're all different. So I want to see your project look different than the example. Okay. Because I want you to bring a part of you into it. Mm. And that's okay. A lot of times they're so set on having something look an way mm -hmm. and then they get frustrated when it's it's not the perfect way they think it should be mm -hmm. and to get them over that like I want it to be different I want it to be your own mm -hmm. and you know obviously when I start something sure it's it's a teacher-based intro that you know I'll present it and I'll give them the info but then I'll switch over to a student-centered model, or a kinesthetic model where they learn more by doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't do it for them. 
So one of my biggest pet peeves is if I see a teacher taking a pencil and doing something on a student paper. No. Celebrate what they do. Sure, if there's something technically wrong, you can, hey, try it this way or try this. But other than that, celebrate what they do and how they did it. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, I will walk them through step by step. I even do this with adults. And I do, you do. Mm -hmm. So it's important. I don't just, here's a picture, do this. That's not going to work. They're going to get frustrated. They're, they're going to stop trying. They're going to be like, oh, this is stupid. Even as adults, you know, when we try, we're nervous of failing. We're nervous of being embarrassed. Oh my gosh, it's going to look, you know, I don't want to share this. So when you just break it down and keep it simple, one step at a time, great. Let's do this. I will show them and demonstrate and then they'll do it. Mm -hmm. And then the pressure is off. And then they're just kind of doing, before you know it, they have this finished artwork and they're surprised with mm -hmm. what they end up with. Yeah. I, I love so it. It's just a lot of step-by-step -step guided instruction mm -hmm. and a lot of reinforcing with positive remarks and positive reinforcement and celebrating them. Uh, and that, that was the takeaway for me, celebrate what they did and how they did it. So yes. don't, don't try to d let go. It's like, almost like you're more of a guide in this, in this, in this class. Like they, it's very student centered. They are able to, you give them the idea and they are able to run with it and create what they feel in that moment. However, they, how it, how, however it comes out of them, it doesn't have to be a carbon copy of what you put up. Yes. To be successful. And that is so important. Let it show who you are. I don't want it to look like my example, mm -hmm. but I want my example to guide you. Freedom. It, it, what, I, what I hear is that you give a lot of freedom. That's what mm -hmm. I hear. And, and after that, just encourage them. Mm. This is great. And, and if they don't like it, you know what? But I'm proud of you for trying. And I'm proud of you for even, you know, if you don't want to hang this up in your room, that's okay. Right. And you're not going to love everything that you do. And that's okay. But to see that you try and look at what you create, you're going to like some things. You're going to not like some things. I, I'm the same way. And that's okay. That's the beauty of learning what we like and what we don't like. But we're going to celebrate the effort that we put into it. And we learn from everything we do, even if we don't like it in the end. Awesome. Parents who want to encourage their, their students to be more art artistic, what, so what recommendations do you have? What, what, should, what should they be doing at home so that the learning doesn't stop when they leave your class? So at home, I think making sure if, if the kids are interested in art, giving them a space. It could be an area on the table, an area on the counter, just providing them with a space at home to make art. And then all they need are basic supplies, paper, crayons, pencils. You can do a lot with that. Mm -hmm. So giving them a space, giving them supplies, if they're able to do more supplies, great. Mm -hmm. And also acknowledging it, having discussions about it. What are you making? Where did you get that idea? What does this mean? Tell me about this. 
show some, in, you know, show some interest in it mm-hmm. and have them do the talking I like and then that. celebrate it, hang it up. Mm-hmm. You know, I get it. I'm a parent. I've got four kids. I didn't keep all their pictures, <laughs> but okay. You know, you're not going to keep everything, but let them see you celebrate it, mm-hmm. hang it up until they do something different. Right. I, I I use that tip for people all the time, like hang up. So when they when they show you a new picture, oh my god, this is so great! We don't have any more room on the refrigerator. Let's take this one down, yeah, and let's put this one up, so that you, you have the next one up, and you put a, have a constant cycle of artwork uh, that that's up that you're showing that you you're praising them. It's that positive reinforcement, and they feel validated, and and they'll continue to try to take it to the next level. Have them write about it. Mm. If they, if you want to, you know, extend it, write a sentence about your picture mm-hmm. or if your picture was in a story, what would the story be about? I like that one. So having conversations and, and, you know, you can extend it into creative writing, mm. things like that. Yeah. Cross-curricular, making sure that the different, con- make the, make the contents touch each other, make them have build bridges between art and writing. That's a, that's an incredibly powerful tip. Thank you for that. And another thing that parents can do, take them to the art museum. It's free. Well, that goes right into the question I was going to ask you. It was like, what, what other, um, what resources do you recommend for, for parents to, to make sure that they are cultivating these little artists? So the art so museum. The art museum. We have a world-renowned art museum right in our own city. You pay for parking. You can park at the meter. And, I mean, you'll, you'll notice something new every time you go. It's amazing it's beautiful you can take them to a local gallery mm-hmm. you know there's little art shops all over the place and get them inspired by that take them to the park have them bring a sketchbook you know draw That's something a really you good see. idea take a sketchbook to the park free easy simple but it yeah 100 that's a great recommendation or take your cell phone and challenge them find a Take a picture and find something different. Take a picture of something in a way that makes it look different, maybe from the ground up or maybe at a different Mm -hmm. angle, and then take them back, look at it, and then use that as an inspiration for a painting or a drawing. Awesome. Those are great. So art museum, take a sketchbook and look at something in a different way. All Mm -hmm. of those are great recommendations and great ways to get our kids thinking about how they can enter, uh, how they can get light, how they can put art in their everyday life. Sally, I want to thank you so much for being with us today and talking to us about these recommendations and how we can make art a part of our kids' everyday experiences and how to make it woke for them and how we can make it relevant for them. It was great. And I hope that the parents picked up on all the nuggets that you were dropping um, through our conversation. You are welcome. And it was my pleasure. (laughs) Keep doing what you're doing. I will. I will. Celebrate and encourage. It doesn't get much easier than that. And the idea of taking a sketchbook outside is one that I think I'm going to try this weekend with my four-year-old. What idea resonated most with you? Hop on over to our Facebook page, Just Like Me Presents, join our group, and let us know. Show notes, resources, and links to the things we've mentioned here are available on our website at www.justlikemepresents.com. Make sure you hit subscribe and share this podcast with other parents and educators in your circle. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, 
If our children can see it, they can achieve it. Are you sick and tired of being sick and tired of the low levels of literacy that plague the Black community? Well, guess what? This didn't happen overnight. And the root cause is most definitely racism. My name is Sasha Beckett Abdullah, and I am the creator and host of Real Reading Talk, where I not only discuss the real issues in a unapologetic, no sugarcoating chaser type of way, but I also offer real solutions. So please join me every week where you will find Real Reading Talk on most podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, and Anchor. Welcome to Puffcast, your bi-weekly Harry Potter podcast, run by Puffs. I'm Melanie. And I'm Juliana. Do you like Harry Potter and Fantastic Beasts? Oh, yes. Oh, good. Are you looking for a fun, stress-free place to just have a good conversation, play some silly games, and hear for some great guests? Yes, please tell me more. Oh, boy. Well, then this podcast is for you. We would like to invite you to join our happy common room. Get comfy, have some pizza, make new friends, and be part of the conversation. All houses are welcome. You can find Puffcast every other Wednesday on all platforms where podcasts are found. So we'll see you in the common room. And until then, stay puffy. And badger on. Badger on.